picture or a video may be worth a thousand words, but sometimes a bigger story is not always told. We are a program dedicated to telling you those stories with analysts and opinions from those that go beyond the lens. We are AllMonster.com Beyond the Lens. Hello and welcome to another exciting edition of AllMonster.com's Beyond the Lens. This week was the last in January for the 2011 Monster Jam season, Monster Truck season as well. So, a lot of big news coming out of both Orlando and Indianapolis. We'll touch on both of those subjects. The we that we have this week is Dustin Hart near the home of Grave Digger in Nags Head, North Carolina, Ed Horman from O'Fallon, Missouri near the home of Bigfoot, and Josh Rhodes from Ramsey, Illinois near the home of several teams in that area. So, first of all, Josh, what were your thoughts on the Indianapolis event that you and Ed attended this past weekend? Well, it was one of the most amazing shows I think I've been a part of in a very long time. Indianapolis has definitely, not, not, not knocking the last couple of shows that's been there, but it's been kind of slow since the last RCA Dome show. Uh, with the lineup that they had coming into this show, Robbie, it was one of the best that they've had, period, including the likes of Charlie Pawkin, Becky McDonough, Tom Mintz, of course, Damon Bradshaw being there for the first time, as well as Lindsey Wink with Lucas Oil Crusader debuting that in Lucas Oil Stadium. But the big names that really popped into my head as impressive out of this show, first off, Lindsey Wink getting a racing win. Didn't expect him to get the racing win. I expected him to get more of the freestyle win. I, I don't know why, but it just kind of popped into my head that he might end up winning freestyle instead of racing. But he was just had the fastest laps all night and definitely deserved the racing win. But one of the guys that popped out of racing that I thought was really improving was Chris Ryan and Round Pounder. I mean, he did a very good job in racing, looked very controlled, and if it hadn't been for a couple of bobbles racing Damon Bradshaw, he would have gotten the win there against Damon. Uh, another guy that kind of impressed me in racing was Chad Fortune in Superman. I think he got all the way to the third round in racing, and he did a very good job. Just like I said about Chris Ryan, he was cutting the corners very nicely. He was apexing them perfectly, and he just happened to get a bad draw in round number two of racing against uh, Jimmy Creighton and Bounty Hunter, who just looked like he was going to go for the racing win all out. Uh, I believe Ed, when he jumps, jumps on here in a minute, is going to agree with me that the semifinals was easily the best, the best whole round of racing the entire night because you had Lindsey Wink versus Jimmy Creighton, a big budding rivalry in Monster Jam, and then you had Air Force Afterburner and Maximum Destruction with Damon and Tom Mintz, another budding rivalry, and that one went all the way down to a tire tread at the finish line. It was one of the closest races I think I've ever seen. And that's exactly why I wanted to talk about Damon next, because he has just really stepped up his racing game. And, Ed, I know you're going to jump in here and say the same thing, but he he looks so good out there, and he was apexing the corners. He looked like, I don't want to say Tom's hold, but he looked like a young Tom Mintz out there racing-wise. And just to throw in a couple of comments about freestyle, got to definitely say Jimmy Creighton and Bounty Hunter went down one of the best runs I've ever seen out of him. Lindsey Wink laid down a very good run as well, and so did Damon Bradshaw. When it came to the wow factor of the year, and so far my pick to be stadium freestyle of the year, you got to give it to Charlie Pawkin and Gravedigger. That was just one of the absolute most amazing runs that I think me and Ed have both ever seen. Uh, I don't know how you can beat what Chucky did out there. He did a rollover save. And then how he did that last save at the end of the run was beyond me. I mean, he just got lucky enough to hit the, the dirt hill, I guess, to pull out of that. But the biggest, the most technical part of that freestyle, and I know Ed, you're going to agree with me again, is Chucky 
doing the slap wheelie and walking it up and over the big bus obstacle. That was just amazing to watch. You know, Josh, I agree with almost all your points there. You made great points. I want to hit on a few myself. Like you said, Chad Fortune in racing was very impressive. I really liked his throttle control and just everything he controlled. Even into his freestyle, he showed a great presence, wasn't afraid of anything. The only thing I saw that was kind of a little messed up was in his freestyle was when he got stuck on that van stack. But if he would have continued, I think he would have had one of, another a very good freestyle. The next person I want to hit on is Ben Winslow in the Iron Outlaw. In racing, he did awesome, like he always does. I've seen him do very good things in racing. In the two extreme chassis, he's going to do very well. He looks right at home, and you can see the power he has in that truck and what he can do. In freestyle, he showed exactly what he can do with all that power, doing slap wheelies and everything else. He had one major problem when he had a little breakage in the wheel, and it, it stopped him from continuing. The next person I want to hit on, Damon Bradshaw. Well, you know, to me, I didn't really see all the hype behind Damon in, the, in racing and freestyle. He definitely showed me that he is the real deal and a rising star within this sport. Uh, it's, it was awesome to see him race and the control that he has around the corners and how he hits different things. I definitely can say that I see Chad Fortune learning from him and see the style that he is he's rubbing off on his teammate. Chris Ryan and the ground pounder, this is my first opportunity seeing Chris but let me tell you, he, he's an awesome guy, fantastic racer, uh, very underrated to me, I think. I think that he's going to be big things with, this, with the ground pounder machine and sudden impact racing. He was not, unfortunately knocked out in the semifinals, but other than that, he was fantastic the whole night. And he had a great freestyle performance that tied him for, with, uh, in first place for a long time with Ben Winslow. But he was knocked off later by Jimmy Creighton, who had a very great night in that new two extreme chassis, which is something that I want to hit on here also. Um, Jimmy with that chassis, everyone's been talking about it. The new design that he got from Patrick, the low center of gravity with it, it is definitely something, uh, it's a nice piece, very clean. Uh, I really enjoyed his racing. I can see that he's been refocused with that, and that when he goes to the World Finals this year, I think he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. Uh, freestyle, he had a, a very technical performance, a performance that would have won it if it wasn't for one of the greatest performances I've seen in freestyle live, Charlie Pawkin. Uh, one other thing with Bounty Hunter is we hit on it last week, that new body that he's got. It's something that you need to see up close and even touch it a little bit. I know that sounds weird, but go up there and just, you know, touch it a little bit. It's got a weird feel to it. Um, it it's a great piece. I like it, and you can see that Jimmy's not afraid to go out, go all out now because of that body being rubber. Um... Last but not least, you know, Charlie Pawkin, what can I say about him? Like, one of the best freestyles I've seen. Uh, great guy. It was, it was awesome seeing that run, and I'm so glad I had the opportunity to go to Indianapolis and see that. I really do want to say a big thank you to everyone at Sudden Impact Racing, especially Chris Ryan. All right, good comments all around, guys. We appreciate the updates from Indianapolis. You can check those out on the Twitter feed if you missed anything. As well, we will have photo galleries from both Josh and Ed online. And, uh, they actually had a little bit of fun during the intermission, and if you search around on Facebook, you may be able to find that. So stay tuned for that. You may or may not see some guys in some all-monster shirts. So at any rate, awesome show in Indianapolis. Wanted to add a quick couple of notes of my own to them. Uh, Talked to Ben Winslow, and he is pleased with how things are going. You can check out BoboBenWinslow.com for a few updates. Uh, we have been following the story on sort of the musical drivers thing going on with Two Extreme Racing. Uh, they have a lot of drivers and not enough trucks for all the drivers they have. And 
I got a schedule of sorts out of Ben Winslow for when he'll be driving, when Jay McPherson will be driving. So stay tuned to that. Go to BoboBenWinslow.com, and you'll see where he will be driving and where Jay McPherson will be driving. Also, he told me that Jimmy Creighton will be, will be reinforcing the bottom half of his chassis. Nothing wrong there. Everything's going really well, as you can see from the run in Indianapolis and his wins in Tacoma. Uh, things are going good, but uh, Jimmy is always a perfectionist with his equipment, and uh, he wants to beef up a few things and uh, improve his new chassis even more. So look out. When he gets to Vegas, he's going to be one of the favorites to win either racing or freestyle. So big props to the two extreme racing team, and a big thank you to Sudden Impact Racing for their hospitality on the weekend. Next up, we have one of the biggest stories of the year so far, Orlando Monster Jam. What else can be said but the very first thing we got to do? I'm going to bring Dustin Hart in to speak about this. Backdraft, Jeremy Slifko, it's about time. He won his first freestyle this weekend uh, on the TV, televised stage. And uh, for those of you that have been around the sport and listened on track for a while, this has been a long time coming. Jeremy Slifko finally broke through. Had a couple of trucks break, and uh, he had a couple things go his way and one freestyle this weekend. So congratulations, first of all, to Jeremy. And uh, he was happy. His whole family was there, and uh, he was very emotional in front of the mic. So a big moment in the career of Jeremy Slifko. Dustin, what are your thoughts on the event and Jeremy winning freestyle? Well, first off, my hat's off to Jeremy. You know, uh, you and I both have been following, you know, Jeremy's career here from the get-go. I happen to see Jeremy, I think, is maybe his second or third weekend behind the wheel and to see where he has progressed from, you know, the start of his career and see what he started out with. It is amazing to see how far he has come. I mean, it's hard to believe that at his age, he is doing what he is doing and doing it so well. Um, you know, he is one of the best freestylers in the game right now because he is definitely somebody you have to watch out for because he's going to set that bar high for everybody and and it's a hard bar to overcome, overcome because, I mean, you can look at what happened this weekend in Orlando. I mean, you had guys going out there and having to run so hard to try and top that freestyle. And you had Neil Elliott, who I think is one of the most underrated freestylers out there, you know, put on a fantastic run, but he broke early trying to top it. Same goes with Dennis Anderson, you know, like, you know the icon there. He couldn't top it. But yeah, very excited for Jeremy. Uh, you know, we've been following him for so long, and to see where finally all the cards came into the right place, especially after some tough luck last weekend in Houston, that he was able to come over everything, come out this week, put on a fantastic run, and uh, you know, come away with that first stadium freestyle win. So, hats off to Jeremy. Congratulations, buddy. We're happy for you. Definitely, and uh, I can remember my own little experience there. Uh, to me, Jeremy's been one of the top freestylers in the game for at least a couple of years now. And But when it really started for me is I saw an event. You can check out the photos from in Joliet, Illinois. It was the last event that was put on there probably about three years ago now. And Jeremy got the most out of his truck that he could possibly get. He didn't quite have the equipment level that he had right now, but I, I looked at his run and how aggressive he was within the confines of his budget and within the confines of his truck. And uh, he put on a great run. And I thought, man, if he gets a couple more parts on his truck and if he gets a little bit more more freedom, uh, he is going to do a fantastic job. And that's exactly what he's done, not to ever take anything away from him. He, uh, he earned it, and uh, you know that's his game plan. He comes in and he puts on a, a good, clean, aggressive freestyle that usually doesn't put the truck in danger. And uh, 
you know, if the other guys can't match a good, clean, aggressive freestyle, then Jeremy will come out the winner. And uh, it's, extra, it's a great strategy for an independent to run. It's amazing that he took the victory. And let's not forget also, last year in Orlando, he placed third. And the only two trucks that beat him were Maximum Destruction and Gravedigger. And both of them uh, broke a bunch of parts in doing so. Uh, Jeremy pressures those guys into doing new things, trying to new things, and being even more aggressive than they already were. As well, you already touched on uh, Dennis Anderson, and it's no secret Jeremy patterns his throttle rhythm a little bit after Dennis, and uh, is definitely watching and learning a lot, both from his dad Andy as well as from the other competitors. So, the sky's the limit. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say right now, if Jeremy Slipko isn't in the World Finals this year. There are going to be a lot of unhappy backdraft fans pounding at the gates to Sam Boyd Stadium and wanting to know why. Uh, so, you know, big congrats to Jeremy. Great job there. And uh, you'll be able to check out backdraftmt.com for the video as well as possibly some photos. So want to say good job, Jeremy. And uh, moving on, have another couple of stories that uh, we wanted to mention from that Orlando show. First and foremost, uh, Cam McQueen had a good freestyle in Nitro Circus. Obviously didn't take the win after what we just discussed, but uh, Dustin and I both agreed, and you can elaborate on this a little bit, Dustin. Uh, I thought he had a good run there. That was something that may have flown under the radar with all the wild and crazy runs we saw this weekend. Uh, Want to give a little bit of a shout-out to Cam on, the, on a good, solid freestyle run. Yeah, definitely. I, you know, I, we've been seeing, you know, you know, progression on a Cam. You know, it, when, when he first got started in, you know, it was definitely, he was, it seemed like at times he was kind of lost on the floor a little, Little, you know, trying to, you know, get out where, feel out where he was on the courses and stuff like that. And now it seems like he's much more comfortable on the big stadium floors. Uh, he's definitely getting very experienced behind the wheel of the truck. Um, the thing I noticed with this run this weekend in Orlando was like the flow from move to move on the floor. Really, had, he carried a lot of great momentum. He wasn't scared to try something new. And, uh, you know, it definitely wasn't an over the top spectacular type of freestyle run, but. It was a very good, solid freestyle run. Uh, you couldn't ask for much more. He did pretty much everything you need out of a good freestyle run. Uh, he was able to knock Morgan Kane and Mopar Magic out of the hot seat there. So, you know, it was a great run all around for Cam, and uh, we're glad to see uh, him continue to progress as a driver. Definitely. Wanted to hit up on one more show before we close the show out, a short one this week. Uh, Roanoke, Virginia had a had a stellar lineup and a, and a multitude of stories emerged from it. Uh, first of all, Carl Van Horn had a death in the family and was unable to drive Gravedigger this weekend. So uh, the super sub, Paul Cohen, made another appearance and did a fantastic job doing, you know, win, win, having multiple wins on the weekend. You can check out monsterjam.com for, uh, for the full results. But once again, Paul Cohen steps in and does a fantastic job behind the wheel of another truck. We used to say this about Lee O'Donnell until he got the full-time ride in Ironman. And, uh, you know, that's been justified about 10 times over. Lee's, Lee's locked in. I don't see him leaving a seat of a monster truck anytime soon. Uh, you know, I know there are a few injury concerns with, with Paul Cohen, but I'm getting kind of sick of it, honestly. Every time that, uh, that Paul gets behind the wheel of a truck, he does a fantastic job. He's great with the fans. And, uh, you know, I know that he's a great fabricator. I know he does a great job in their shop, but... Man, could somebody please fly Paul Cohen out and put him in a truck every weekend? I'm getting sick of this. 
Yeah, every, it seems like every time that Paul Cohen steps behind the wheel of a monster truck, something you, your jaw is going to drop at least once during the course of a weekend, uh, whether it was Atlanta last year or even uh, in Roanoke last year, actually, where he filled in for Lupe Sosa and Grinder. Um, I think we've all seen the video of the awesome donuts uh, he cut in the middle of the interstate in Roanoke with all the snow on the ground. Um, that was a very cool video, but... Yeah, it seems like any time that Paul Cohen steps behind the wheel of whatever truck, because the dude's been in pretty much everything, I think, and uh, he can flat out drive. There's no doubt about it. Um, you know, I happen to see Paul, you know, many times uh, early in his career, whether it was behind the wheel of Monster Mod or Pastrana 199, and it never failed. Paul Cohen gave you something to talk about by the end of the weekend. So I would love to see Paul Cohen get more shots at driving, but of course, as we've, you know, understood before, there's some possible health concerns there and uh along with you know him being such a great asset to the digger shop as a fabricator and a mechanic so you know yeah they're a little bit torn there but i would love to see paul cohen get some more driving chances as you can see on our on our blog on allmonster.com courtesy of barry musauer uh paul is also a great mentor to the drivers that are currently in in trucks, uh, among them include Barry and Damon Bradshaw, the Air Force afterburner. That was Cohen's former ride, and you know the the list goes on. Paul Cohen is just simply underrated. It was great to see him do a good job this weekend. Uh, the the other two stories that we wanted to just mention really quickly were uh, John Seesock took a weekend sweep of the freestyle in Roanoke, and uh, you know no offense intended, obviously to John, um, but he's he's been known more as a racer. I was kind of surprised to see three straight freestyle wins from that grinder. Definitely running hard in the home of Advanced Auto Parts. And, uh, you know, congratulations to him on a, on a weekend sweep of freestyle. In the racing bracket, uh, it was another streak for, uh, for, for, yeah. In the racing bracket, it was another week and another win for John Zimmer and Amsoil Shock there. He's continuing a small streak that he's had where he's taken a victory at every event that he's been a part of, at least. So he made three final round appearances and took one racing victory. So, Keep an eye on him. He's moving towards Vegas, hopefully again this year, and uh, got a lot of guys that are making noise this year. That leads us into our final topic, World Finals Flags. Closing out the, the show this week with uh, more comments. Four new drivers have made the World Finals in Las Vegas, and uh, they are in no particular order. Candice Jolly in the Monster Mutt Dalmatian, Norm Miller in Batman, Tom Mintz in Maximum Destruction, and Captain's Curse with Alex Blackwell behind the wheel. Guys, uh, we're going to just go right through in order. Uh, Candace Jolly, Monster Mutt Dalmatian. No big surprise, she had a couple of bad luck moments in her sophomore appearance at the World Finals last year. I, uh, you know, I recognize that this is a name that's that's got to be there, and uh, she has made steady progression behind the wheel with Neil Elliott, you know, giving her advice and uh you know helping her out and then she was on charlie pawkins team last year uh this year she's going to have an opportunity to you know try to make the third time the charm in las vegas thoughts well uh you know i I never knew i never had a chance to see candace drive much aside from on tv until last year when i saw her in greensboro and i was actually very impressed with what she did in greensboro you know working a small floor like you know the greensboro greensboro coliseum uh she's definitely not afraid to uh get on the loud pedal and make the, the big puppy move there. But uh, I'm interested to see what she'll be able to do this year on the world finals floor, you know, with the big stage there in Las Vegas and see what she's able to come up with. It seems like it's been kind of up and down with her performances whenever it comes to the stadium shows. 
So we've seen her break out and put on good runs in places like El Paso. And then we've seen some, you know, kind of, well, average stuff. So we'll see if she's able to take it up to take it up to another level and really join the elites here in uh, Las Vegas. Okay, next up we have another topic that I think Ed wanted to hit on. Uh, Norm Miller driving Batman. Now, just to give you an idea of Norm Miller's pedigree, if you've not heard of him before, uh, he drove a Grave Digger truck in the past, as well as the second Blue Thunder for a long time on the West Coast, and uh, has had some fantastic performances. Uh, took a little time away from the sport, and this year, the former cop is back behind the wheel of uh, another type of law enforcement vehicle, the Batman truck. So, He's going to be getting a crack at the, at the World Finals for the first time behind the wheel of Batman. What are your thoughts on that? You know, I was really surprised when I heard that Norm Miller was going to be driving Batman. I know we have a lot of fans that are going to be wondering, you know, why didn't they put someone else in that seat? But Norm is driving it all year, and he has been very successful at it. So let's give him a shot and, and see what he can do. I'm I'm happy with the choice, uh, and but I was very surprised not to see uh, maybe a John Seasock step in that seat. But... You know, giving Norm Miller that shot, let's see what he got. Definitely. I've had an opportunity to work with Norm a few times uh, in my various experiences on the road. And uh, great guy, great for the fans, and good good fit for that seat. He's been aggressive. He's taken a rollover, as you can see in the galleries on monster.com. Uh, he's taken a rollover already this year, so he's not afraid to put it on the edge. Uh, he was never afraid to do that in uh, Grave Digger and Blue Thunder as well. So he's no stranger to the public eye, no stranger to big stadiums. I see Norm Miller surprising some people in Las Vegas. Now, somebody that's going to not surprise anybody with anything that he does anymore, almost, uh, Tom Minson, Maximum Destruction. Uh, they call it his hometown show in Indianapolis, Indiana. He always has a bunch of fans there. And uh, doubled down last year, wasn't able to take a victory this year to, due to uh, defeat racing and, and various breakage and freestyle. But uh, Tom gets his flag this year. No surprise, but uh, what, what have you guys seen out of Tom this year so far in Maximum Destruction? Do you see that you see him doing well there, or do you see him uh, stumbling? I think, as always, with Tom Mentz, you know, at least when it comes to freestyle, it's all coming down to whether or not that equipment holds up. You know, as hard as Tom Mentz drives, that seems like really a lot of the times the only thing that stops him. Um, you know, we've seen where he'll go out, you know, first hit and just go way too large and, you know, bust up parts, you know, and that's that's not a knock on Tom at all, but, you know, sometimes his aggressive nature does come back and bite him. As for racing, uh, you know, Tom Mintz is always one of those guys you have to watch out for at Vegas and racing. Uh, you know, his his title count, you know, pretty much speaks for itself there. Um, you know, he's always very fast in Las Vegas. I'm interested to see if there's any major differences in how that truck handles at Vegas in comparison to his previous chassis. Um, but, yeah. Tom Mintz, you know, he's always a threat. He's always a contender when it comes down to time in Vegas. Um, so I, I don't see, I don't expect anything less this year. I agree with you, Dustin. The one thing that I want to say, though, is, is I think on his, the one Achilles heel he has, and I noticed this in Indy that even stopped him during his freestyle, is that rear end is really open to something flying up and puncturing something in that back. So I think that might be the one thing that people need to look out for is maybe something getting up there and, and just getting in that back. That's really He's got a really big opening this year compared to the past. So that's going to be my one thing that I'm going to be watching out for. Definitely something that... Uh so beyond the lens theme of the show, I didn't even honestly think of that. But uh, as you alluded to, there is there is an opportunity for that to happen. Uh, don't want to overstate it, of course, but uh, he did, if I understand correctly from the reports you guys gave us, 
uh, Tom had a little problem with the radiator, and it's ba- that's back there. Uh, there was some water shooting up out of there. Uh, he had a shock problem as well. Uh, you know, a lot of things went wrong there after he took a couple hard hits in freestyle. So best of luck to Tom the rest of the year. Got a new chassis, got a lot of exciting things going on there, and it will be interesting to see maximum destruction. Now we move on to our next World Finals qualifier. That would be Alex Blackwell and the Captain's Curse. No surprise here. Blackwell's had a lot of success in Vegas, and to me is almost still underrated. You know, I, I have seen him just put on some fantastic freestyles, and he made the finals in, in, in racing at the World Finals before, has made the Final Four a couple of other times, took a nasty... Uh, nasty rollover last year and uh you know i i see alex doing a good job you know he's always just been tremendous there and uh for whatever reason it seems that his performances get glossed over a little bit there he needs his recognition uh alex if you're listening out there hey good luck the rest of the year buddy hope that uh things work out for you and uh you know you need you need your pub man i don't know what people are looking at Lately, but uh, Alex is having another good year. Going to be taking some more victories, I'm sure, before World Finals. And you never know, he might break through in Vegas. You know, I think uh, a lot of what gets underrated or overlooked with Alex is, is the amount of time that he spends in a truck. Um, you know, it got, we started to hear a little bit of noise from overseas this year on the Europe tour. He was going out and putting on some fantastic events in Europe. Uh, you know, uh, I think he may be setting records as far as longest donuts in a monster truck, especially with some of the stuff he did over in the UK this summer. Uh, you know, Alex is no stranger behind the wheel. He's been at this game now for a little while. You know, he's been driving now, I think, since about 05 or 06. So he's gotten plenty of seat time in that time. He spent a lot of time overseas running with those guys. Uh, you know, he also is not a stranger in the shop either. He works regularly with the, in the digger shop, so... Yeah, Alex is very experienced in this in- industry. He's definitely somebody that can come up and pretty he can quietly come in, sneak in, and take a win, and you know completely surprise people because uh, for whatever reason he doesn't seem to get the the same amount of attention as some of the other guys on the TV shows. But every time that he is on in a speed tel- a speed televised event, it seems like he's either in the semifinals or the final round in racing. He always qualifies very well. And he always puts together a great performance in freestyle. Usually, you know, he, he'll fill his time, you know, and even go far beyond in bonus time. You know, he's and another thing is, is he's great with the fans. Uh, you know, he does a lot on his own time to uh, give back to the fans. And uh, he really does appreciate every fan that he gets out there. I think he's one of the most drivers that are flown underneath that radar that most people don't don't get to see or don't watch that much you know i've watched him race for a while now on tv and he's an excellent racer and freestyler he stepped his game up every time i see him on tv and i think he's someone that a lot of people need to start watching because i think he could win at the world finals anytime he's out there definitely that's why they pick him and uh they've been picking him at a pretty rapid rate this year i'm still interested to see what's going on with that uh three and four drivers in per weekend so far so we have a total of 15 drivers already selected. If they stick with the current lineup of 24, if we do some quick math, that's only nine drivers left, and we're only a third of the way through the season. So, well, you guys bring up an interesting point with the rate at which these World Finals flags are being given out. You know, it's led to a little bit of you know speculation that maybe we'll see a field expansion. But if we if we don't see a field expansion, uh, you know, with seeing some of the performances that guys are putting on this year. 
I have a feeling we're going to see a lot of people upset that certain drivers are going to not make the field this year if we're stuck at 24. Um, you know, it, I think there's a bit of a controversy there with the number of just excellent performances going on this year. It's going to really make those World Finals invites. They better be worthy. It's a tough job to have right now. I wouldn't want to be picking those guys because there's going to be a lot of criticism this year if we stay at the, just the 24-truck field. Yeah, it seems like it expands every year. And I mentioned Jeremy Slifko is one of those names. John Zimmer's in there as well. It's good to see guys finally break through and get their invites at the same time with the talent level and the parity in the sport. It's becoming more and more difficult every year. I, would, I for one, wouldn't want to be in charge of giving out that stuff either. It's no secret that uh, you know you need to take care of your sponsors in Monster Jam. And in any other monster truck promotion, you need to take care of your sponsors. If, if the Lucas Oil truck isn't at Lucas Oil Stadium, then that looks kind of weird. And that goes along with putting the sponsored trucks on the biggest stage. Uh, no knock to any of those drivers or any of those trucks, but that does present a problem because it takes up another spot. And you got to make sure that your drivers are doing well and that you pick the right people for the spot. It's a good thing. It's a competitive thing. But it also presents a problem when you don't expand the field. So I would personally be in favor of expanding the field, maybe even going to a two- or three-day format for the World Finals. Uh, the racing and freestyle courses are, are becoming so much different now that I would be in favor of that. And uh, that's a topic that we've touched on before. But if the field stays at 24, they're going to have a real problem if some of these, these first-year drivers, the, the Nicole Johnsons, the Todd LaDukes, uh, Todd LaDukes just won racing in Phoenix and uh, did a fantastic job in freestyle as well. Uh, Dana Creech in Monster Mud. I mean, these there's people that they fly under the radar every week. We talk about some of them, and uh, we, can't even get, we can't even scratch the surface. So, I mean, take a look around everywhere, and there are a lot of people that deserve to be in Las Vegas this year somebody's not going to make it that uh, deserves it. I think we're going to have 24 trucks still, but I think this is going to be the year that we have. The last two spots are going to be decided by a qualifying-type format at the event. Somehow, I think it's going to be qualifying for those last two spots. I could be completely wrong. You know, we, we're probably going to have a lot of upset fans with certain trucks not being there, but you know what? They're still, probably, they're still going to be given that chance to encore at the end of the night, and they will be able to get recognized somehow, some way at Las Vegas. That's going to be a pretty interesting story to follow. We will see. And that will wrap up this week's version of AllMonster.com's Beyond the Lens. We want to thank you for listening. And check out our YouTube channel, AllMonster.com backslash the... Uh, stupid ass. Okay. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel at YouTube.com backslash AllMonsterVideos, as well as our Twitter feed, Twitter.com backslash TheAllMonster. And head on over to Facebook and follow us and like us and go up to your search bar and type in allmonster.com on track for Ed, Dustin and Josh. We want to say thank you for listening and we will see you next week on allmonster.com beyond the lens. And that's it for this edition of the allmonster.com beyond the lens on behalf of everyone here at the show, please tune in next time. And thank you. Thank you.